0: Hello and welcome to Doctomy. My name is Heather, and I'm Kathleen. And this week we are covering Still Missing Morgan. Before we get into anything else, you can follow us on Twitter and/or join our Facebook group. Info for that can be found in the show notes. If you would like to email us comments or suggestions or donate to us at PayPal, our email address is doctomypod at gmail.com. We appreciate any help, whether it's a way we can make this podcast better or just a dollar to feed our families. Please
1: help us; they are starving.
0: <laughs> You have so many animals to feed. <laughs> i just
1: realized. I need a second refrigerator. So, I mean, please help us.
0: So, this four-part series was released on Hulu on February 16th, 2023. And this is another one of those from the ABC studios, like the wild crime series we love to cover.
1: This one should have mm-hmm. not been as long.
0: <laughs> and if you're not in the mood to hear about dead children again, just go ahead and skip this week yeah we'll forgive you
1: yeah it's a bit rough even for (laughs) us
0: we start off in one of our neighbor states to the east arkansas
1: good old arkansas
0: that drive going from texas into arkansas is rough have you ever done it yes
1: it is a long ass time all
0: i will say is there's a couple of paper mills near i-30 and it is quite a smell yeah But where we're going is north of that. Basically a halfway point between Branson, Missouri and Oklahoma City.
1: My favorite. Why? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Branson or OKC?
1: None of them really. I mean,
0: Branson has the cool Ripleys. None of them really. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I said that. I don't <laughs> <hear>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But the series opens with Ron Brown at the Crawford County Justice Center. Ron is the county sheriff, despite looking like a history teacher. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't want to get super specific, but he looks like he originally taught math. But then when the state testing requirements got to be too much, he settled into teaching history until he could cash out his pension. (laughs) Go back and watch it. (laughs) Before he was sheriff, he was originally the head of criminal investigations at the Alma Police Department. And I feel like he speaks for all of us when he says, quote, I don't understand sex crimes, you know, uh, especially when between an adult and a child. (laughs) So brave.
1: Which I'll remind you is literally like the definition of (laughs) a child sex
0: crime. But he says, I don't understand sex crimes. We then go to i want to say colleen but they everybody says colleen and it drives me crazy
1: i noticed that as well and it really bothered me
0: okay <laughs> colleen nick who is morgan's mother who tells us how they came to live in arkansas they were a military family and when her husband left the military they settled in ozart arkansas i almost said arkansas <laughs> to be close to the family to supplement the family's income, Colleen opened up an in-home daycare so she could still be there to care for her own children. Fuck that. Can't even imagine. <laughs> Taking care of other people's kids. Ugh. We then go to the chief of police for Alma, Russell White, whose hope is to f- they find Morgan alive and well. And I don't know how much faith I have in him when his entrance to the series is just him fishing. <laughs> Couldn't get some B-roll of him sitting at a desk. Doing his job. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but probably shouldn't be admitting that you could have done more and that there's probably other victims out there and that there will be more. Who the fuck is this guy?
1: (laughs) Not a PR person. (laughs) Clearly.
0: And now we finally go into what this case is about because it was never on my radar until I was looking into Amber Hagerman's case because the Amber Alert system in Arkansas is named for Morgan. I think I'd heard that. (laughs) Friday, June 5th, 1995, going back to the 90s. Oof, our childhood. It had been a completely normal day for Colleen, taking care of kids all day. Fuck that. That evening, they had been invited out to Alma to watch a Little League game for a friend's kid. She dropped her two younger kids off with their grandparents, so it would be just her and Morgan. Alma is a tiny, tiny town. and It is the spinach capital of the world, if you were wondering why there was that weird statue of Popeye. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh,
0: that makes so much sense There's now. There's a city in Texas that also claims that title, but oh, are they duking it out? <laughs> they don't well, if they Popeyes. don't have yeah, they don't
1: have a Popeye statue, then they don't. They're not the capital.
0: <laughs> no, you're not the shit. In '95, the population would have been about 3,800 people. So when Colleen talks about how the little league field they went to didn't even have a concession stand or bathroom, I didn't even blink an eye. Nope. It seems like the kind of place where if your kid had to go pee. There'd probably be someone there who would just say, oh, my house is right over there. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or just
0: go find a bush. (laughs) Morgan Chantel Nick was born on September 12th, 1988. So at this time, she would have been six. Colleen describes her as being shy. So it wasn't really a surprise when some kids came over and asked if she wanted to play. And she said no. She's like us. (laughs) you are like, fuck no, I'm watching the game, guys. At around 10.30, the kids came back again to ask if Morgan wanted to play, and this time she did. Colleen felt apprehensive about letting her go because of how late it was, and also she was a little overprotective about letting her kids leave her sight. Yeah, Yeah, me uh, too. I (laughs) tend to...
1: This one actually is a little rough for me because when my oldest is playing softball, my youngest likes to go play, and while the playground is, you know, within eyesight, if I turn my head back, like
0: yeah but you have to move to look yeah it's fucking terrifying and
1: I I am forced to allow her to and at least she's with friends and there's so many adults but for fuck's sake now I'm terrified
0: (laughs) Uh, and Colleen talks about how she felt egged on by her friends with the whole oh we let our kids go play all the time it's fine you got to give them their freedom fuck that
1: i would blame the bitches
0: i've been told i'm too paranoid when it comes to my kids and guess what i don't give a shit because i still have my kids yes and despite a gut feeling telling her no 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 colleen lets morgan go play that has some really small town vibes for you to hang out at a little league baseball game that's still running after 10 p.m and you're there to watch someone play that's not even your kid
1: yeah i would have been like (laughs) fuck this noise and gone home
0: and also, we're just letting our kids play in a parking lot. <laughs>
1: it's a little different. Mine's at least in the center of the diamonds.
0: I would expect a kid to be hit by a car before I thought they would be kidnapped. The kids are playing in some Especially sort... in dark. Yes. The kids are playing in some sort of sand pile in the parking lot. And after about 15 minutes, they start to head back to their parents. Morgan stops to empty sand out of her shoes near Colleen's car while the other kids keep going, and that is the last time she is seen. Which is just absolutely insane. The game ends shortly after, and the kids tell Colleen that Morgan was at her car. And when Colleen gets to the car, Morgan is gone. The friends would later report seeing Morgan talking to a, quote, creepy man while she was putting her shoes back on. Which, like, what the fuck? Why didn't you guys mention that? Way to be a shitty friend scream. We don't know this guy. Stranger danger was a thing. At 11:07 p.m., the police are called to report her missing, so they wasted no time in getting the cops involved. It's not really the most organized search. No. The poor public is sort of just walking around yelling for Morgan and the cops are at the ball field looking for any evidence. I don't know what you're going to really find. One of the cops interviewed in this talked about seeing a guy on his porch across from the ball field smoking a cigarette and just watching everything going on. Yeah, I would have done the same thing. Well, they call out to the guy, but he doesn't respond. And that's the end of that story. (laughs) They don't interview him. Just, hey, buddy. He doesn't answer. All right, let's keep going. (laughs) He don't want to be talking. What if he saw something? Jesus Christ. That's most of this story is just cops doing bare minimum and going, we don't know why we can't find her. (laughs) The kids described the creepy guy as a white dude with a scruffy beard and wearing shorts. He was either shirtless or had an unbuttoned shirt because they described seeing chest hair. Gross. Ew. Is that what made him creepy? And he was driving a red truck with a white camper that didn't fit whatever that means. I was like, was it too small? Was it like... I don't know.
1: How does it stay on if it's not fitting? <laughs> I don't
0: know. The public sort of turns against Morgan's dad, John, in the beginning because he wasn't as involved in the media press conferences.
1: He seemed like a loner. He was
0: treated like shit and was told that people want to hear from the mother, not the father. So he sat on the sidelines, which then people were like, well, then he did it. It's pretty fucked up. Uh, and the cops stressed that he was very involved with their interviews and questioning and they never had any problems with him or suspected him of anything. And also, he just doesn't make sense as a suspect. Like, why is he taking his own kid from a parking lot? That, and also, if she saw him, you don't think she wouldn't go, "Dad," or run towards him or something.
1: Yeah, and also the kids wouldn't be
0: like some creepy guy; they'd be Morgan's (laughs) dad. Yeah, because one of them was like with the family that they had gone to see the ball game with, so. Uh, he somehow snucked over to another town to kid- kidnap his own daughter who just happened to also talk to a stranger that very night. It doesn't make sense. They're just causing more pain to a guy who lost his daughter. Four days later, someone comes forward with some video footage from the baseball field and in the background, you could see a red truck with a white camper, which is exactly what the kids had reported seeing the, tr- the stranger driving. It's not even from the same night as the kidnapping, which makes it creepier oh like he came back yeah it's so creepy so is this someone they know how long has this guy just been checking out kids um not even looking for a truck with a camper on it who owns a red truck in or near this area like seriously what makes you think that he wouldn't just take the camper off i feel like it should be pretty simple because like red trucks white trucks i can imagine that would be difficult to find somebody yeah like a white or a black truck yeah that's all that we see this is texas so we know there's trucks here (laughs) arkansas i don't know how bad it would be probably pretty rough and they even talk about having to pull over and investigate several red trucks with campers but it just makes me wonder if they investigated just red trucks like or are they only looking for the red trucks with the campers it's not difficult to take a camper off no. In 2019, Jeff Pointer Pointer becomes the new police chief after Russell White retires. So finally, after 24 years, this case has a new set of eyes. That's something something I don't understand about cold cases.
1: Yeah, you gotta need like you need fresh insight and yeah. like someone who doesn't know from the very beginning.
0: After a certain amount of time, how do you not just ask someone else to take over a case? It's like when you're helping your kid with their homework and after some time even you're struggling with it. And you have you don't, to ask you don't, somebody yeah. else to come over and be like, oh my god. You don't like, settle on oh telling god. your kid, I don't know, just leave it blank. You at least ask your spouse to also look at the problem. Maybe they can look at it from a different angle. There were times we even called my father-in-law to see if he knew. <laughs> So yeah. You go through so many avenues.
1: Like, I would consult the internet sometimes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Just somebody else to look at this. Three months after Jeff is appointed, he meets with the family to go over the case. The police had received over 8,300 leads in the case over the years, and there were several different composites done at the perpetrator, which when I hear about that happening, my first thought is, okay, so composite doesn't matter since no one can agree on what the person looks like.
1: No, and they're a bunch of children
0: in the dark. Yes. That's another thing. This is nighttime. So all of these leads in the case have, for the most part, just been tied to the composites. Jeff says he doesn't want to start the car- the case from scratch, but, like, you basically have to with this case. If it hasn't worked in 24 years, just start over.
1: Yeah, like, you're clearly missing something very big, and you're not going to see it by just redoing everything over and <laughs> over again. Just rereading the same stuff. Yeah, yeah like fucking move on
0: looking over witness statements jeff finds 20 people who talked about seeing the red truck a few of the people actually went under hypnosis uh the time of these statements the police checked the license plate numbers that they were given from these people and nothing was found now all these years later jeff does a search and finds a truck that matches sometimes it's hard to follow his train of thought so i have no idea what he was trying to say here no no I
1: don't think he even knows.
0: There's several times I have to rewind to listen to him again because he'll talk about something and then without finishing his thought, he'll go on to something else. Like we're supposed to be able to read his fucking mind.
1: Why don't you know what I want to say? (laughs) Uh,
0: We go back to when the videotape of the truck was first released and the media reports that it's a Mazda truck, but that it had already been ruled out because it belonged to a parent attending a baseball game. Nobody knows where this information came from
1: why does that even matter
0: that that like why would that rule them out Jeff and the former chief Russell have no record of it being ruled out so nobody knows where the media no it just fucking (laughs) appeared out of nowhere it's just a thin air of like tip part of interviewing witnesses and everyone at the ballpark was getting information about the vehicles they would have driven that day and nobody owned a red Mazda truck so how could you rule that out as a parent So bullshit. Uh, Because Jeff still can't rule out this truck, he begins to build a case around it. He looks into any reports around that time that mentioned a red truck and begins to build a timeline. That same day, a white female teenager is walking down a street when a red truck pulls up to her. The driver offers her a ride, which she turns down. Good girl. She gets a little spooked because as she walks away, he still sits there, almost like he's watching her. Kind of creepy. And eventually he drives off. Later on, two little girls, five and six, they're playing outside when suddenly their mom hears them screaming and crying. She runs over and sees a red truck with a white camper driving off. And there was no follow-up on that report, which seems crazy.
1: Yeah, like maybe like (laughs) what happened? Why were they crying?
0: Two little girls were almost kidnapped. Maybe let's talk to the mother again. Uh, The third sighting of this guy in his truck is from a few 10-year-old boys near the baseball field. They're walking in the middle of the street when this truck pulls up and the driver yells at them rightfully for walking in the road. And then they see the truck head towards the direction of the baseball field. Later that night, after the abduction would have happened, some teenagers hanging down by the river in their car, probably necking, (laughs) report seeing the truck drive by. And they said it looked like whoever was driving might have been trying to hide somebody in the passenger seat, like holding somebody down in the seat or on the floorboard
1: maybe just somebody
0: getting randy my assumption is they're neck and why else are you
1: i keep <laughs> it, out near the i river? keep like thinking naked
0: Nick and they're naked <laughs> uh, episode two we start off with colleen and patty have been close friends since morgan's disappearance in june God, of all of that was just episode one who was yeah episode one's a lot who was patty They take way too long to get to that, to the point that I couldn't focus on what they were talking about because I was so concerned about who the fuck Patty was. I hate that. You're (laughs) supposed to talk about people before you just use their name. These two women are discussing how horrible it is to have missing children and how it changes your life, and I can't focus on that because I'm missing information. Who is Patty? (laughs) They are pouring out their souls, and I'm wondering why I should care because I haven't been properly introduced to this new person. It is almost 10 minutes before we find out Patty is Jacob Wetterling's mother. Why couldn't you just say that? I don't know if it's my ADHD brain or irrational anger, but... What does she even have (laughs) to do
1: with this case? Other than them being friends. I have lots of friends. I don't have documentaries about how my friends are also friends.
0: If you don't know the Jacob Wetterling case, where the fuck were you? It was... (laughs) One of my most wanted to well, see solved. When it was disco- discovered who did it and all that. That was just... it. Yeah, it was the biggest fucking deal for me. Um, just real quick. October 22nd, 1989, just after 9pm. Jacob was an 11 year old who had been tasked with babysitting his younger brother. And he also invited a friend over. The three of them biked over to a convenience store in St. Joseph, Minnesota to rent a video. Uh, I think it was Major League. They wanted to rent... But because it was rated R, they couldn't, so they ended up running Naked Gun, which is a far better. <laughs> yes,
1: I remember I remember her, his mom saying the whole, like, you know, ironic that it was that movie.
0: <laughs> naked Gun's great. On their way back, a man comes out of the dark wearing a mask and holding a gun and orders the boys to throw their bikes into a ditch and lie face down on the ground. I think one of them actually had a scooter regardless. He then asks each boy his age. He demands the friend and younger brother to run into a wooded area and to not look back or they would be shot. But apparently he looked at their faces. I was just trying to quickly get through I know, but it's so (laughs) fucked up. And this is the last time Jacob would be seen alive by someone other than his captor. We go back to Alma and I guess the FBI is now involved with this case. Again, the series is bad about being upfront with facts and information. For this series having involvement for ABC Studios, it's not great no it just uh for example the card that comes up just says in light of new discoveries fbi special agent rob allen is reassigned to work morgan's case alongside alma pd does that mean the fbi was never involved with this case i don't know how that sounds like it but surely not yeah i don't know how we're supposed to read i don't know uh, then we start going into suspects. The first one is Charles Ray Vines, who was known as the River Valley Killer. They keep calling him a serial killer, but he only killed two people. And that technically... Everyone knows. It's three. Yes. <laughs> he tried.
1: You have to but. kill three, and it has to be not at the all same time. He tried, not but... At all at the same time.
0: His crimes begin on April 10th, as far as we know, April 10th, 1993, when he beat and raped an 89-year-old woman. Two months later, he killed 58-year-old Juanita Wofford and sexually assaulted her post-mortem. Another man was actually charged for this murder until August 10th, 1995, when 74-year-old Ruth Henderson was killed in a crime scene that was a mirror image of Wofford's death. So obviously, the other guy was released. Yeah,
1: it was kind of like a,
0: eh, it's pretty, pretty telling. And then we go all the way to March 2000, so there's like a five-year gap. Parents of a 16-year-old came home to find their daughter being raped and stabbed by vines. The father beat and held vines until police arrived. Which, fuck. He was charged with the murders of Wofford and Henderson and the rape of the 16-year-old and in exchange for telling police details, including the assault of the 89-year-old woman, which they did not know, (laughs) he had the death penalty taken off the table. He was convicted and sentenced to three life terms without the possibility of parole and died in prison in September 2019 from natural causes. He's willing to attack a 16-year-old, so could he have taken a 6-year-old? I don't My know.
1: My thinking I, is the I'll crime will get into scenes, that later, yeah. but
0: yeah. He confessed about the 89-year-old. So why wouldn't he talk about Why wouldn't he mentioned Morgan? It's really frustrating that it was known Vines had access to a red truck with a white camper, and he was operating out of this area. Why hadn't he even been interviewed about Morgan's disappearance?
1: It's pretty fucking wild.
0: Because by the time they were setting up a time to interview him, it was already too late, he was terminal, and ended up dying just a couple weeks later.
1: Which (laughs) still seems like it would have been enough time to talk to him. That was almost
0: 20 years you had to talk to him. Uh, They get a cadaver dog to check out some locations Vines was was known to frequent, and also that last location where the truck was spotted, the place where those teens were necking. Neg- allegedly <laughs> the dogs alert enough near his property that they actually get digging equipment out there in between all of this colleen submits her dna to an ancestry just in case morgan's still alive out there somewhere
1: which i sat there thinking <sighs> like that's
0: uh, you're just setting yourself up for yeah little, i i was hope. like
1: that just doesn't make sense but then i Kind of she just that wants she was to make sure trying. she's
0: trying every avenue of finding her daughter which i get that you always want to have that hope your child's still alive uh, nothing comes out of the dna or the property search i feel like we would have heard about it if they had found something
1: yeah i was sitting there watching during <laughs> it and i was like oh my god That's is this gonna be with- like one of those documentaries where they like tell us something we didn't know yeah it's like breaking news, but it's not news. It's a documentary. <laughs> like we, that's the problem watching these. Like, we
0: know. <laughs> uh, this episode ends with a hint about the Jacob Wetterling case being solved, which really isn't a hint. Because we remember <laughs> no. it being solved. So episode three, we just go right into Jacob Wetterling. This is one of those cases that should not have gone so long without being solved. Even after listening to episode one of the In the Dark podcast, I, I still don't know if it was incompetence or they just didn't want to do the work.
1: I've got to say incompetence, but... I, I just don't know. <laughs> it's, it was bad.
0: This area of Minnesota is not very populated, and yet several boys were being attacked by the same perpetrator and nothing was done. Which is a pretty big deal. Like, um, you
1: know, when a child is
0: well, All the assaulted. kids even knew. All the kids would tell each other, like, hey, watch out. Uh, except they publicly named a suspect. Which makes me think of that one movie. Which one? Oh, fuck. The. We got to have one of these every week. I know. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> um, it was the guy that keeps the kid in the basement and the phone calls. Oh, is it Black Phone? Black Box. Black Phone. No, Black with Phone. With Ethan Hawk? Yes. That movie. Anyway, with all the kids being like, don't get taken by with the guy with the van. Yeah, the Black Phone.
0: 2021 that was a good movie oh, no. well this says release day june 24th i was like no there's no way <laughs> based on a story by joe hill hmm. his dad's Stephen king okay um ah. yeah Well, it's one of those like all the kids know and then the police do nothing except they publicly named a suspect with very little evidence and end up ruining the guy's reputation he his a, entire life he was a music teacher So, you know, dealing with kids and then telling people he's a pedophile because he's weird, lives with his parents, and only received one Christmas card.
1: (laughs) I think I also only received one Christmas card.
0: That was why he was a suspect, because he was weird. He was still living with his parents. And they checked his mail, and he only received one Christmas card.
1: I do, too. Pedophile. (laughs) I don't like kids that way.
0: Of fucking assholes it was one of those things where the police had the suspect's dna danny heinrich just sitting in a closet somewhere and if they would have tested it it would have connected him to one of the other victims and probably would have opened the floodgates to solving the jacob wetterling case sooner or at the very least they would have been able to convict him for other assaults But since that didn't happen, the victims ended up not getting justice because of Statue of Limitations. Which is bullshit. I really wish we overhauled that bullshit. Statue of Limitations on violent crimes is ridiculous. Absolutely. Especially with
1: the advances in technology these days. (laughs) There's zero doubt.
0: We go back to Morgan's case and another suspect they're looking at is a guy named Billy Jack Links. Instead of diddling kids, he should have opened up a barbecue joint with that name. Billy Jack Links. That's a great barbecue It is a name.
1: fantastic barbecue name.
0: This guy was not known to these investigators. Someone came forward with his name, and when they went to check his background, they found some interesting things. Two months after Morgan's disappearance, Billy Jack was arrested for sexual solicitation of a child. Some kids were hanging out at a Sonic, and among these kids was an 11-year-old girl. Billy Jack pulled up. I can only call him Billy Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Jack Lynx. Billy Jack pulled up in his red truck and was trying to separate this girl away from the other kids. He said some sexual remarks to the girl and so she and the other kids just start to take off. Yeah, they're
1: like, peace and out. Said they
0: were going to call the cops. Billy Jack takes off in his truck, runs into a pole, and then takes off again. (laughs) (laughs) Like, make more of a scene. (laughs) He was the dumbest thing ever. A witness spotted him and wrote down the license plate number of the truck because it ran into a pole <laughs> and then drove and away. and passed that on to the police. Pretty open and shut case on that one. They found the pole that had been hit. They tracked this guy down, and his truck has damage consistent with hitting a pole. <laughs> the paint chips match. Uh, even the clothing items the girl described he had. Jeff looks at this case and says it was just a sloppy attempt at abduction because of how drunk the guy was. You don't get drunk and just go try to abduct kids unless no. it's something you've like seriously thought about or tried while you were sober yeah like that's not just like a a drunk scheme that's like the people who are like oh i was drunk i just said racist things no that doesn't happen no like you were <laughs>
1: thinking of that before
0: and this attempted abduction happened two months after and eight miles away from morgan's kidnapping. He was also convicted of sexual abuse in 92. I don't have a lot of information about that. I think they say later it was his granddaughter. Yeah. Great guy. Stand-up guy. Uh, but he did own a red pickup truck and a neighbor told police that they remember Billy Jack having a white camper on the truck at some point before Morgan disappeared. They eventually took his truck to a crime lab, but none of the evidence collected from that time can be found. Yay, police work. Good job. They're just, they're just yeah. doing How much shit do you guys have going on that you lose that? Just doing an, an outstanding job at being the worst. Uh, even better, he was a suspect in Morgan's case in the 90s, but because he passed a polygraph, he was dropped as a suspect.
1: Oh, yeah. Just a real <laughs> great piece of evidence.
0: He died in prison in 2000, so no way to interview him now. We go back to Jacob's case, because, of course, you have to do the back and forth shit I hate. And I can't stand the investigator who worked on this case. He has this look on his face, like he's slightly smiling when he's talking. Yeah, which is not a good look when you're talking about dead kids. <laughs> Fix your face. And he also does that saliva intake sound, like gale the snail on its always. <laughs> oh, Did yes. you hear it when you- he? <laughs> like god
1: i I couldn't figure out why his between that the
0: creepy smile talk
1: between like i i seriously assault him (laughs) i couldn't figure out why i hated his voice so much and now it's hitting me
0: um i was eating while watching some of it and that ended when he started talking
1: yeah i lost my appetite
0: In 2015, Heinrich's DNA was matched to DNA taken in the case of one of the boys he assaulted in a crime that matched the MO of Jacob's kidnapping. The statute of limitations had expired in that case, however. A search warrant was issued and child sex abuse material was found in Heinrich's home, so he was arrested October 28, 2015. They show pictures from inside his house and that was the most lifelong bachelor home I have ever seen. There are so many swords on his wall. <laughs> Why does a grown man need that many swords? That is actually legitimately a, a bachelor thing. That's like Gacy's house with the tiki bar and the clowns. <laughs> if you go into a man's house and he has swords on the wall, just turn around. Uh then we go back to Morgan's case. Three days after she disappeared, Billy Jack had poured some concrete for a pad on his property that I guess a neighbor had told police they needed to check. And then they never checked. Yeah, they never check. Once you pass that polygraph, checking that slab, stop being a priority. Uh, so now Jeff wants to go back and rip it up and check the ground underneath. Don't they have ground penetrating radar?
1: Yeah, it seemed Am like I a crazy? lot of work for what they did.
0: <laughs> That's a thing, right?
1: Yeah, it was n- unnecessary. Or they maybe, just liked fucking shit up, I I was like, maybe
0: the new owners of the property were looking to get rid of it. So they might as well get the county to pay for it. Uh, They don't find anything, which is actually kind of shocking because when they started pulling the concrete up, it was deep. It was thick. Why do you need like a foot of concrete for what was basically a small driveway to your shed? It was real thick. It's shady. (laughs) Episode four, after checking the VIN of Billy Jack's old truck, they realized the registration is still being updated. So they want to track it down and ask the owner if they could take possession of it to check for evidence again. I guess it had been impounded all this time and was recently sold at an auction. So it's not like it'd gone through like countless owners. And looking at the markings in the paint, they can tell that a camper shell had been on this truck at some point. I loved the new owner of the truck when he said he bought it at auction as a rebuild for him and his grandson. But since his grandson was only three, they wouldn't need it for some time. (laughs) He thought
1: ahead. Like, real ahead. Why?
0: Also, ooh, bad choice for a vehicle. Rebuilding a truck belonging to a convicted child predator with your grandson? (laughs) It's not like he knew, but it's very unlucky. Back to Jacob's case and the investigation into Danny Heinrich. They got him on 25 federal charges for the child sex abuse material. As a part of the plea bargain where he would agree to plead guilty to just one count of the charges, he brought police to the place where Jacob's body was. On September 1st, 2016, they found remains in a pasture near Painesville, about 30 miles from Jacob's home and a short distance from when Heinrich had been living in 1989, two days after the remains were confirmed through dental records. During a court hearing, Heinrich testified as to what happened to Jacob that night. He kidnapped and handcuffed Jacob, drove him to a gravel pit near Painesville, molested him, shot him twice, and buried his body. He came back a year later and moved the body after noticing the jacket had become exposed, which is crazy because then when they were looking for the body in 2016, they found it again, or they found it because again, the jacket was exposed.
1: And his mom said that she thought it was him just wanting to be found.
0: He was ready. He also confessed to the kidnapping that occurred before Jacob, the one that mirrored Jacob's kidnapping. And because he brought the police to Jacob's body, they agreed not to charge him with the murder. He was sentenced to 20 years for the federal charges, and if he is ever released, I'm sure the state can go after him with something. Oh, of course. He's never getting down. I guess the reason why they tie these two stories together is to give hope to Morgan's case? I'm not sure. It took 27 years to solve Jacob, so maybe, maybe Morgan's can still be solved.
1: It's just, it's, there's not a whole lot of connection.
0: Yeah. I don't know why they put these two together. In Morgan's case, the forensic report comes back on the truck. The only thing they could find was trace amounts of blood, which were detected on the dashboard. But when they tried testing it, it was such a small amount of blood that no DNA was even detected. So disappointing. They found a blonde hair on the floorboard, and that also comes back inconclusive. None of that is really shocking, since this evidence has been sitting in a hot truck for years. Like
1: 20 years.
0: (laughs) They're still looking into both suspects, Links and Vines, and it's even mentioned that when Vines attacked that 16-year-old girl, when he normally attacked elderly women, his intended victim at that home was actually the mother, and when she wasn't there, he went after the the teenager, which I think just shows even more that he's less likely as a suspect. Yeah. Like, why would he go out to find a six-year-old? But it's good of him to keep an open mind. Yeah. I mean, some police work. The only promising thing they find on their search of the truck is fiber that characteristically matches the I guess green is similar in fiber girl scout shirt that would have been on Morgan's girl scout shirt that she was last seen in. Was that even more hard for you?
1: <laughs> yes, fuck that. My nine year old's a girl scout. <laughs> the one that you let go play in the park. Yes. God. Oh God, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> She's gonna be
0: real pissed. But fiber science is. Me, <laughs> but I would say it's something.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was like a tiny glimmer
0: of hope in a shit show. I think that's one of those sciences now where they're like, Ew. yeah,
1: kind of like a
0: teeth bite. Yeah, yeah. the bite. Yeah, uh, they seem to kind of settle on Billy Jack Links being the culprit, which sucks because he's dead. But I think, yeah, that's more likely than Vines.
1: Yeah. It's just the idea that he would go out looking for a six-year-old and also, like, take her when all of his, ev- like, all of his yeah, murders. Yeah, you also mentioned, been... yeah, all
0: they it happened at their homes. Yeah, he never took anybody with him. Uh, but that's how the series ends. It's not going to be solved unless Morgan is found or there's, like, a deathbed confession from someone. Yeah, like, it's just shitty. It sucks. Uh, that's why I hate unsolved cases so much.
1: Yeah. We need like a, I good hate there not being one. an end.
0: Um, so I will link to Morgan's missing person information in the show notes, and also watch, uh, not watch, <laughs> listen to in the dark that goes into Jacob Wetterling's case. Oh, I do because they talked to like his parents, and then the guy that the cops said was <laughs> the suspect. I'm gonna have to listen because he only got one Christmas card. (laughs) I'm gonna
1: have to listen to that. That's he just
0: wanted to teach kids music. That's that's I hope he sues the police or something. Um, but that is it for this week. We haven't really talked about next week yet. I'm just too tired today.
1: (laughs) Yes, I agree. Thank you and good night.
0: We'll be back next week. Thank you. Bye. 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 Billy Jack Link's barbecue sauce. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Doctomy. The opening music is by Twisterium. For comments or suggestions, we can be reached by email at doctomypod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at doctomypod and find a link to our Facebook group in the show notes. Thank you.